Hi, and welcome to On the Blue Couch. I'm Kathleen, and I'm coming to you from my couch in my office in Lakeview, an area of Chicago. This podcast provides information, inspiration, and reflections on all things that happen within us and around us to live today and fully. Welcome to episode four, Bridging the Stress Gap. So I want to thank you for listening to this fourth podcast. And yes, this podcast is going to be about stress. Um, After having talked about stress during the last podcast, I in no way did it justice. And I really want to focus today on the ongoing chronic stress that we can experience day after day, whatever it is that we encounter. Um, So I will mainly be focusing on the ongoing chronic stress that we can experience day after day. And if you haven't listened to the last podcast, that being Stress It Down, I do recommend going back to that one because it really lays the foundation of, you know, what happens when we're stressed um, neurologically, physically, the toll that stress can take on our minds and bodies, and why I am even following the last podcast with another one. Um, This one will be more experiential because I really want to help you connect more with yourself and really build your observation muscle. Because really when we create more awareness, we we create the ability to stay connected with ourselves and create the changes that we want. Um, So change can be more immediate And it can also be an ongoing process that can take longer, and you just have to sometimes walk through it knowing that at some point, um, whatever it is that you want to change can take a while, and that requires patience and, you know, some perseverance. So whenever I think about what the next podcast is going to be, I really draw from a bunch of different places, and that can be just themes that continue to pop up, um, problems that I see that people are struggling with, uh, maybe even strengths that I continue to see. It can be, it can just come from a bunch of different sources. Stress, I've decided to really start with that because that has been something that's been ongoing that I not only see around me, but I've also seen within myself. And I provided numbers from that stress.org website from last week, and I'm just going to repeat two of them. And those include that 44% of Americans feel more stressed out than they did about five to seven years ago. And one in five Americans experiences extreme stress, shaking, heart palpitations, depression. Not only that, but we have we spend billions of dollars um, a year on lost productivity and medical bills related to stress. So I don't know about you, but I can say for most of my adult life, I have definitely minimized the potential impact of stress. Um, I can remember being introduced to this idea years and years ago and presented with this information that stress can contribute to significant emotional, relational, and physical problems. And my response was kind of like, yeah, 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 I know. Okay, moving on, I got things to do. Like, that doesn't apply to me. What is stress anyway? And it was actually a few years ago that I really experienced the toll that stress could take. And it showed up like this. After a long list of things that I put on my plate that I'm not even going to go into, I experienced a range 
of stress-related issues that included vertigo, extreme fatigue, messed up sleep, belly weight gain, diminished organization. I could not for the life of me leave my home with everything I needed for that day. I was unable to leave a parking garage without some mishap. I was losing my tickets like every time. I was um, not able to find my car. It was always on a different level. Like Even when I kind of set the intention of... This is where my car is. I would just forget. And it became a joke. And in fact, I told my doctor about it. I said, I'm having a problem with parking garages. And he said to me, "Um, you need to pray to the parking garage gods, which I did. And actually it got better. But I think that's because I really started. And what I was really doing was looking at my own stress level and taking a breath and making some changes. Okay, so I finally took some sick days around this time, and I had about, I think, four to five days that I had full days of not doing anything, and it seemed like two weeks. But at the end of all of it, I went out to my parked car with good enough vertigo, and it had been parked on the street for, you know, about a week, and somebody had crashed into it. I, like, was like, you have to be kidding me right now. Like, I cannot take one more thing. And I was just kind of, I just kind of stood there and thinking to myself, okay, when is the next thing going to happen? Like, this has to be a complete joke. And I did look on the windshield and actually somebody had left a note. And so it could have been a lot worse. And the person that I called was extremely apologetic and it actually made up for some of what I thought was the universe saying, you know, I hate you, (laughs) but um, it turned out a little bit better than I thought it would. But things started to settle after a month, and I really never, ever want to go back to that. But, you know, I never know what life is going to present me either, and I'm sure that you can probably relate to some experiences too. And that's where we kind of get into more the expected and predictable stress which when we can predict it, we can actually have more control over our own perspectives and kind of regulating ourselves and then the unexpected stressors. So those can definitely, you know, come into play. And we have a lot of demands in our daily lives. We have work, we have school, caring for children, being married, being single, trying to maintain health, more hours of work, less sleep, We need to be reminded about the fact that stress exists, which obviously it does. And um, there are there is kind of a back and forth to taking care of ourselves and making decisions about what we can do and what we may need to put on hold. And if you think you are stressed, you likely are. And if anything, people are more at risk for minimizing how stressed they actually are, and that can lead to continuing um, go 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 until health is affected. So one way to really minimize it is to be very disconnected from yourself. So as you actually get more connected, you may think to yourself, wow, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more stressed. It may be that, it could be that that level of stress was always there. But if you're really doing body scans and noticing what physically is happening for you, um, you're going to feel it. You're going to experience it. So before moving on, I do want to acknowledge that I'm talking about chronic stress versus um, what I will get into in future podcasts being traumatic stress. Now, some of the responses can be similar, but 
what leads to traumatic stress is different. So I do want to differentiate that for today. So chronic stress it is. And now let's move on to talking about bridges. So whenever I talk to people about stress, I like to use metaphors. And one of them has been a bridge. And I've really used the metaphor of a bridge in very kind of general terms. And so I thought, you know, if I'm going to be sharing this topic, I should probably look up and see what other information is out there on bridges. And what I found was you can really take this metaphor far because the language that is used to describe bridges and the engineering and terms and all of that um, can be similar actually to how we describe stress. So I'm like, how perfect. So I could really take this metaphor metaphor way far and I promise not to, I'm going to keep it simple. But I really want to thank the Ohio Department of Transportation for a fantastic glossary of terms. So now having those terms, I actually want to move into bridging the stress gap. And what I mean by that is bridging the knowing with the doing. We have all this information that, yes, we are stressed. And I kind of talked about that in the beginning. And this there's this disconnect from actually jumping into action, uh, kind of getting unstuck. And so I want to help you build some momentum so that you can move forward. But in order to do that, we first need to start with you really getting in touch with what your strengths are, what your coping looks like, uh, resources that you have, and what your actual traffic is looking like, maybe on a daily basis, a weekly basis, um, and maybe even over the past year. If you have some writing utensils available, pens, markers, crayons, whatever it might be, um, I encourage you to begin to draw um, as I walk you through this. And if not, that's fine too. You can imagine, maybe even come back to this at a later time and really go through this um, on paper and kind of create a visual representation of your own stress. So uh, what I want you to start thinking about is the structure of a bridge. Just kind of get a picture in your mind of a bridge, maybe one that you've seen, uh, maybe one that you would like in your own neighborhood. I don't know, but just begin to think about this bridge Um, and begin to think about all the supports that are in place on this bridge. Like what keeps it up? What allows it to have traffic go across it? So just the visual kind of engineering of it all. And as you have that picture in your mind, I want you to think about what's on either side of that bridge. Like, where are people going to and from or to and to? Okay, and then I want you to think about diverse traffic on at least a two-lane bridge, okay? So pedestrians, mopeds, motorcycles, different kinds of cars, different sizes of cars, and then get more into kind of the trucks and the Mack trucks. So just create an image of like average diverse traffic. Begin to draw that, begin to imagine it. So now I want you to focus on the structure of the bridge, the the things that keep it 
safe that allow traffic to move across it. So I want you to think of the deck. So that's the road portion of the bridge. Um, the beams that support the deck. So what helps that roadway support the traffic? Like imagine those beams. Um, there's also what's known a knee brace and uh, these are additional supports connecting the deck with actually the main beam and it keeps the beam from buckling. Okay. Um, so now that you kind of have some of these in place, think about anything else you want to add to your bridge that would offer support. And again, you don't have to be an engineer here, just very simply put some of those supports in. Okay, so now I want you, now that you have this visual of some of the supports, I want you to start to assign some of these supports with beginning with the internal stuff in you that helps support the stress that comes into your life. So this might be things like um, humor. So you have a good sense of humor. You take good care of yourself. You, you know, go to the gym. Um, you go for runs maybe after work, before work. Um, you might have the ability to say no. Um, that could be a support um, in keeping the traffic um, going across. Um, perseverance, self-awareness might be something. So begin to make a list of things in you that are supports for encountering traffic. And you can write those down or make a list in your mind. And now think about the supports outside of you, people who matter to you, who make life better, who are not the traffic, they are the support. So they might be on the deck, they might be on support beams. Start to think about hobbies that help support you, That's, that helps you cope. So it might be something that gets you moving, something that gets you thinking, it might engage your creativity. I might entertain you. So start to think of those. Also start to think of the things that really engage your self-care. Like maybe going to get a massage every now and then. Um, going to see an acupuncturist. Seeing your doctor when you're supposed to see your doctor. Things that keep you in good emotional, physical health. Or at least help you try to get there. Okay, now moving on to the traffic on your bridge, what I want you to do is think of the average traffic that is on your bridge on a daily basis and begin to assign each automobile or pedestrian with different stressors. So what is what does the pedestrian represent? What does the small car represent to you? Um, and there might be a bunch of small cars. So Make sure to label all of those. What does the minivan represent to you? The weight of that. What about the SUV? Okay, Start to think about the Mack truck. What does the Mack truck or what has it represented in your life? How many are there coming across your bridge on a daily basis? The Mack truck could also represent the aftermath of something, some huge life change that you've had to go through that continues to bring stress in your life. 
Okay, so every bridge has a weight limit, and sometimes it's a, there's a standard, but think about what your weight limit is on your bridge. Like, what does your bridge look like when it's underweight? Like, how much can your bridge handle? Think about that. And start to think about really what it looks like when it's exceeded the weight limit, when it could really cause some damage to your bridge, where there could be minor consequences to maybe even severe consequences. Okay, so there's really one more thing I want to share with you regarding bridge talk. And this is a term I came across, which I think can really um, support some of the experiences that we can go through. And it's called, it's labeled, it's a classification called structurally deficient. So a bridge can be classified as structurally deficient. Um, This does not imply, however, that the bridge is unsafe. It's still open to traffic. However, this bridge requires a lot of maintenance. It might require repair. There's definitely maybe a lower weight limit set on this bridge. And eventually there's going to maybe need to be uh, more replacement of structures and that sort of thing. So the bridge still lives, I guess, is what this term describes. So for you, has there ever been a time or are you in the space right now where you're experiencing, you know, because of over time, severe stress on the bridge that you've needed to really do a lot of maintenance to keep yourself going? And that at some point, you're going to need to do more. So think about that for a minute and think about also what really works for you. What really works for you in de-stressing, decompressing, taking time away, um, getting yourself back into equilibrium? What helps you with that? And what haven't you engaged in in a while? I know I told you at the beginning that I had gone through this experience of having vertigo. My yoga classes had gone significantly down during this time. I was barely even going, and this was before the vertigo uh, started. So I was already so busy and so stressed that I said, I don't even have time for yoga right now. And that would have really made a difference, I think, in my personal health. And for you, what do you need to do to maintain your personal health? Okay, so moving on, as usual, I will be providing some resources on my website, on thebluecouch.com, to complement this podcast. Um, One of the things I will be including is the Holmes and Ray Stress Scale. And I do encourage you, you know, if you have time today or maybe in the future, just to check it out and see where you fall according to this scale. Find out your score, and I'll explain how this was developed so you really understand what your score means. Okay, so to provide you with some history and context here and how this scale was developed, um, I want to share with you that back in 1967, so the late 1960s, uh, two psychiatrists, Thomas Holmes and Richard Ray, for whom the scale is named, uh, looked over and examined the medical records of over 5,000 medical patients. And what they wanted to do was look at, is there a connection between 
stressful life events, and illness. And what they asked patients to do was given a list of 43 life events to tally the list given a relative score. And what they found uh, in their results was that there was actually a positive correlation, meaning some sort of connection between their life events, the the life events listed, and their illnesses. So I want to quickly walk you through uh, taking this stress inventory, and it's very simple and very straightforward, but you're pretty much presented with these instructions. Mark down the point value of each of these life events that has happened to you during the previous year, total these associated points. And then based on your score, there's really three main categories of what that score means. So um, number one on the scale, and what I mean by that is the first one that has the most points, the mean value of 100, and that is death of a spouse, okay? Um, Second on this list is divorce, Um, Third is marital separation from a partner. So if you're to go down farther, like 20 is taking on a mortgage. Um, 24 is in-law troubles. If you go farther down, uh, 42 is major holidays. Okay, so you go through this whole list. Maybe one applies to you. Maybe five or 10 apply to you. And what you want to do is then add all of them up. And down at the bottom is some information about what these points mean. So if you've hit 150 points or less, this means a relatively low amount of life change in your life and therefore a lower probability that you're going to be susceptible to stress-induced health problems. Okay, 150 to 300 points implies that you have about a 50% chance of a major health problem in the next couple years. And then 300 points or more, this raises the probability significantly more to about 80%, um, according to the Holmes Ray uh, prediction scale. Okay, so that's really what it is. I'm going to provide you with a more recent one because, again, this was created in 1967. So some of these scales that I came across that have the same life events in the same order, you know, had things listed like a mortgage of $20,000. Okay, well, now $20,000 is not as stressful as, say, $100,000 due to inflation since 1967. Okay. Uh, The other thing is, is that it talked just about the holidays. Um, They just listed Christmas. And as we know, uh, we celebrate a bunch of different holidays, um, you know, during the holiday season as well. Okay, so I also want to just add that this is one thing and it's not everything. So just know that this is an approximation, an estimate of what uh, stressors and life events can look like when change happens. Uh, And you can really look at your own context. So what are your own coping abilities? How do you perceive this particular life event? Um, It might be a little bit different. So just know that and know that this is just one thing in a whole, um, I guess, world of assessments, uh, especially those around stress. But I thought this might be a good place for you to start if you're interested in looking at your stress. Also, that stress is cumulative. So this really shows you that, um, you know, adding up different life events can create a higher score and therefore more risk of health problems. 
Okay, so the higher your score, um, the more repair you're going to have to do. And it's kind of like going back to um, the structurally deficient bridge. You're going to have to make sure to make sure you're maintaining yourself that long term, you're going to do something and make a plan for taking good care of yourself, whatever that might be. Okay, so there's also to add to that, there is a term out there that I just want to throw out there, because um, I think it's important. And that is what is called allostasis and allostatic load. And this is these are actually clinical terms, these have nothing to do with a bridge, but they're so apl- applicable here. So at the beginning of all of this, I talked about bridging the stress gap, and that being the gap of knowing with doing. So again, I want to really call you into action and to really do things that are going to make things better for yourself. And if you do want to use the metaphor of the bridge and you are interested in drawing and creating a visual representation, you might want to build something. I don't know what that would look like. Um, You could use Legos, you could use popsicle sticks, whatever it is that will get you in touch with creating something that is a representation. And I'm going to suggest that you can create one that looks like the ideal bridge for yourself. So what's the traffic on this bridge? What are the supports that are in place? What are the things within you that continue to support yourself? And what are the things would you like to work on with yourself to create more strength and support um, with beams and other structural supports? So I really do think that when we create, we can really get in touch with more the feeling and the unconscious of where we are and also where we can go. Okay, so now that you have a vision, and that's the knowing, there's the doing. And this gets into what can you do to decrease your stress and increase your health, to decrease the risk of future illness. And I'm just going to create like kind of a general list here, and then I'm going to provide more specific ideas. And I would also love to hear from you What helps you decompress? What helps mitigate your own stress? And so these are the things, I think I have about a list of five. Um, And that includes getting moving, physical activity. We do know that going to the gym, taking walks, going for runs, taking the stairs, whatever it might be, that can help with decreasing stress and increasing physical activity, which actually gets your heart pumping, your lungs going, um, all these benefits uh, with exercise and physical activity. The other thing is novelty. So trying something new, um, whether that be taking a new class, trying a new hobby, maybe engaging a hobby that you haven't done in quite some time. Okay, the other thing is sensory experiences. So those things that activate your senses. So that can be even walking outside and just observing all that's around you. So I know that in fall, it's like that smell of fall, the feeling of fall, that that crispness in the air if you're in Chicago. You know, we know what fall feels like. Um, It can also be just certain scents that you like, like a certain perfume or cologne. If you like to bake, it's the ingredients that you use. So when you bake, there's really a tactile um, engagement as well as what you smell as things are baking. So that's something to think about. 
And the other thing is laughter. I know that this is an obvious one, but I think when you're intentional about it and really when you're kind of overloaded, to really go there and find things that make you laugh. That can be a movie that you go back to that where you kind of know the lines and every time you find it funny, no matter what. I know that I have a few of those. I'm sure that you can find at least one. Going to a comedy show, I recently went to a comedy fest and forgot how much or how long I could possibly laugh for. And so for three hours straight, laughed really, really hard. And that sustained me for like a good month. And I would love to recreate that experience, but that would require another festival. So lastly, I want to share with you that on this list of things that you can do for yourself to mitigate stress, to create more openness in your life and joy and engagement is having good people in your life. And these are relationships where you just feel good being in those. So I want you to think for a moment of someone in your life that you just like to be around. And there may be a lot of time that goes by and you haven't seen that person in a while, but, or maybe you see them quite often but this person, you just trust. There's a mutual respect and appreciation. There's a give and a take, okay? So in saying that, I also want to let you know that there are people that can create stress, that can weigh you down, and that can require setting up more boundaries, which I will talk about in future podcasts. Um, Setting up boundaries includes things like really decreasing the amount of time you're spending with that person. It can be um, not talking with them about things that, you know, you go deeper on, that's more sharing of your soul kind of thing. It may be, and it may require you to gently disengage from that person. And this isn't to say that, you know, One person is good or bad, or one person's better than the other, because I sometimes think that that's what keeps people from setting up more boundaries is, oh, I don't want that person to, to think that I don't like them. Well, do you like them? I guess that's a question to ask. Do you like being around them? So it doesn't make them a certain kind of person. It's just a decision that you get to make for yourself because it feels right, or maybe it doesn't. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to this podcast, Bridging the Stress Gap. And I do feel like a lot was covered today, and I want to thank you for hanging in there, uh, going through the experientials, uh, thinking about what your stress looks like, and also what you can do about it. I do encourage you to take that stress inventory I talked about. It will be on my website. Uh, Please feel free to follow me on Twitter, on my Facebook page. They're all on my website at on the bluecouch.com. I would love to hear from you. Also, what you do to de-stress, and I will add that uh, to this post. And my email is Kathleen with a K at on the bluecouch.com. Uh, I look forward to future podcasts and some interviews that are coming up. So please listen, and I appreciate your support and take good care. Until next time.